This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey guys, welcome to a very special bonus episode of Gangplank Report. I'm very excited that two of my friends are here joining us and Jem's friends as well now. We have Wes from the current season of Below Deck and Gabby, who's going to be on Below Deck Sailing. Thank you guys for joining us. Tell me where you are. Oh, thank you, Adrian. We are here in lovely St. Thomas, USVI, chilling out on a beach, doing podcasts. I'm <laughs> so jealous because I am still on charter right now, but you guys are together now because you're working together. Yeah, yeah that's correct. So tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing. Well, Adrian, you know my horrific story of my last charter in St. Thomas. Yes. When I left that boat, I DM'd, I slid in the DMs <laughs> and I was like, help. You know, like I knew Wes was from here because I remember him saying that on the show. And I was like, I need a job and a place to live. Do you know anyone? Can you help me out? Blase, blase. And he was like, yeah, you can come work for me. I went home for a week to celebrate my sister's birthday, and then I came back, and now I'm working on West's sailing yacht, Nightwind 2, and we do day charters, sunset charters, and I'm learning how to sail, which is very awesome. cool. That's awesome. That's so exciting. And Wes, did you just miss sailing? Did you decide that motor yachting was not the thing for you, or was it supposed to be a one-off from the beginning? No, it was one of those experiences that I hadn't done yet. I knew a lot of people in the motor yachting game. Mm-hmm. Most of the times, all the people I was surrounded with, and Adrian will know this, up in Newport and then down here in the Caribbean were all sailors, you know, from the sailing yachts to classic yachts like schooners mm-hmm. and uh, other ships. But I tend to deal more in the 50 foot to maybe 100 foot range and max like 140 that I've ever really been on and enjoyed. But it was just something that's a little bit more comfortable for me. Right. The motor yacht stuff, at the end of the day, doesn't have as much fulfillment as constantly sailing, trimming sails. There's just more to do, and you're more active, brain and physically. Right. I also said that, because I've never worked on a sailboat before. And so when I asked Wes for a job, I maybe didn't know what I was getting into. Maybe. To be honest. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I started on motor yachts, I started on large super yachts. So I'm mm-hmm. actually going backwards in a sense, like the workload, but I like it. I want to be challenged. And I was telling Wes yesterday, I hate how they keep referring to him as green. Green means when you've never stepped foot on a boat, recreationally or professionally, and you, you don't know what you're doing. Wes is a seasoned sailor, he knows what he's doing, and he's a great teacher. And I've learned so much in a week. Mm-hmm. And I wish they would have showed that more on the show. Yeah. Like, he does know what he's doing. And I defended that from the beginning because honestly, he did. yeah, because I felt like that was the wrong term for him. I figure if you're a captain of a sailboat, you can't 
be called green. You can't be treated like you don't know what you're doing. And so, yes, Wes, I was your defender from the beginning. So remember that. (laughs) I will say no matter what skill set you do have, you have that skill set on what specific boat you've been on. So -hmm. every boat is different. Every boat acts differently, maneuvers differently. Right how the crew is set up and how the boat itself is set up is all different. It doesn't matter how much experience you have, you have good foundations, but you still have to relearn a new boat each and every time. And it takes a good bit, I'd say a little bit more than a month. Uh, absolutely. I've been here for a week and I feel like I need to be conditioned and like broken in because I like my back hurts. My sciatica is acting up. I'm being eaten alive by mosquitoes. You can't complain like that. You're too young. I'm allowed to say something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm breaking her. I'm slowly breaking her. I already had her put me along. So. <laughs> well, so you guys are hanging out in St. Thomas now together, which is amazing. And I love everything about that. You guys also worked together last night to watch the finale of Below Deck. So I'd love to get your takes on all that. I honestly, and I said this when we did our recap earlier today, and I haven't said it to you yet, Wes, but I really just genuinely wanted to reach through my screen and hug you. I felt so bad watching all of that go down because I know what kind of a person you are. And it was so disheartening to me to watch all of that happen. And I love you as a person and we haven't hung out a ton, but I know what kind of a guy you are and just watching all of that. I was simultaneously enraged and like tearing up at the same time. I just couldn't. So tell me what you guys thought of that. You guys were together in a bar in St. Thomas, right? Yeah, so when we were up at Sudi's, which is right above Sapphire Marina, lovely bar. They were there for the very first episode. We had a little shindig going on with all the friends and stuff coming by, showing support. And then the last one was more intimate. So it was just a few of us in there kind of enjoying the screening as the bar was shut. I mean, going through all of it, it was a little, it was hurtful, but, you know, I, I didn't expect it. I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just blindsided. I don't think anybody saw it coming because it was so disproportionate to what you were trying to do. When we were talking in the recap this morning, Adrian said, well, it's the last night. You know, everybody just wants it to be chill. They just want to bring the anger level down. And it seemed like that's what you were attempting. And it just went completely left. And you have been so supportive of her throughout the season and been a sounding board. I mean, you've been objective because you've got the kind of mind from what I can see. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you, (laughs) but it seems like you can see both sides and find where the truth lies in the middle of two different perspectives. And you've had that throughout and you've really supported her throughout. So of all the people for her to lash out at, you seemed like the last one that that should have happened with. Right. The least likely. Mm -hmm. It came to a part of observation. First, I truly wanted to see how Heather was going to handle all of this. If she was going to instinctively defend herself or was she going to fess up to it? And it took some time. Uh, You guys saw it happening one right after the other. It was like, good couple days before everybody knew what happened I mean I was still in the dark with a lot of details until about three days later Mm -hmm. I knew she had said the n-word but the context was 
not shared with me until a bit later. It was lyrics and then the uh, bathroom situation as we were walking back. Mm-hmm. And the reason I always stop with context is when you have something coming in a malicious act or something out of a place of hate, like mm-hmm. there's a difference than being litty titty and making a mistake and a mistake that should never happen. But in her defense, she messed up and she messed up on live TV, which is stupid. But she also admitted it. And Correct. Apologized several times, right? Correct. And when she did admit it, and I'm still at the observation page, page, and it's like, what more can there be done? Like at this point, after everybody's aware of it, it's going to be shown. Now it's up to the public to make their own decisions, and sadly, be judge of all of this, judge of her character, and judge of her as a person. And then past that, I mean, we're not in high school anymore. You can't whoop somebody's ass. You can, but things get weird, you know, there's like assault stuff and yeah. you know, like law stuff. Like jail and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that jail stuff. Yeah, the jail stuff is quite serious. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to uh, kids too. When I think watching all that stuff play out last night with you sitting in the van and the way all that stuff was happening, I think I've seen at least a ton of comments where people are giving you a lot of kudos for remaining calm. You know, I'm curious to know what was going through your head because it seemed like you were just doing your best to diffuse the situation and all it did was escalate her anger. Yeah. And then she misdirected that anger about the situation on you, maybe because she thought that you were the easiest target at that point because she could say whatever she wanted to and get away with it. I mean, I don't know exactly what your family lineage is, but it seems like what she said to you was almost more egregious than the dumb blonde thing that Heather did weeks prior because it was targeted directly at you. And in no way, shape or form was that meant to make you feel good about yourself or to raise you up above, you know, it seemed like she was looking for camaraderie and all of this with you the entire season. And the last thing that she did was come at you to tell you that you weren't backing her play when her play was pretty ridiculous at that point. She had had a multitude of opportunities to receive an an apology and had said that she was cool with that and then changed her mind. Like on the back end of that, I'm just wondering what it was like for you going through all of that. So for me, just a little background on me. I was brought up here in St. Thomas. We left in 97 after Hurricane Maryland in 95. And then went to the States to my mom's hometown, which is Murphy, North Carolina, middle Blue Ridge Mountains, a little country in there for you. And then Atlanta and then St. Augustine, Florida. My father remarried and moved back down here to St. Thomas. So during winter, summer, and spring break, I'd be down here on my offseason. So basically seasonal work here since I was a young age. But all of my schooling was done in the States. So amongst that, I grew up here and in the South. So... St. Augustine, Florida is basically Southern Georgia. You find racism, Mm -hmm. you find all of that stuff. Living with uh, black and white parents, you see that happening, especially in the Blue Ridge Mountains, where you get the weird looks, you get the comments. I remember multiple times with my mom and a lot more when I was with my father. So my father's white and my mom's black. So a lot more with my father, where we would, you know, walk out times. And I've seen him throw people off the boat when he ran charters and stuff for certain remarks they have. And I've had it 
multiple times against me. So I know the difference between when somebody is coming from a place of hate. Right. I don't accept it. I don't agree with it. And it's not a thing anybody should do. But when it's said in like lyrics and somebody's hammer drunk doing this, no, do I respect the person? No. Do I going to hang out with them and do that? No, of course not. But I will tell them about it. It's like, yo, not cool. That's something you shouldn't ever do. And you need to understand what that means for me and the rest of my people. Like you can't say this because of the history of what that word means to everybody. Right. When it came out of Raina's mouth, what she said to me, I wasn't taken back from what she said by um, not calling me black and not understanding all this different stuff. I was more taken back that I felt in that situation being the only two black people on the yacht and in a very non-diverse industry, yachting, sailing, anything with boats. Mm -hmm. I thought I was that confidant or that friend she could rely on and would be able to talk to. And that's why I talked to her and said, let's stop this, quit it, try to end all of that stuff on our last night out is because I thought my words would get through to her. Right. And she would understand it. Because moral of the story, when we go on this show, and this is something I believe I chatted with her about, is we're supposed to be role models to make this industry more eye-pleasing to those like us that would like to get involved or at least let them get the opportunity. Because the only reason I'm where I'm at is because of my opportunities. I was in the island. I've met great people along the way that has helped me progress. Yeah. And I appreciate that you wanted to represent in that way and provide another option for a kid who may not know, hey, this is a potential career for me. Someone who would live like in my area in the center of the States that doesn't know that. And I appreciate that you understood the weight of that. When they aired it last night, it seemed to me, well, didn't seem to me, they flat out didn't show her apologize to you. Did you get an apology from her that they didn't air? She hasn't said, I'm sorry. Really? Or it was uncalled for or tried to explain it. She has reached out to me through Instagram, but that was after our reunion. So you guys will see our reunion next week. Right. Yeah. And we haven't seen, she's got this whole separate thing going on that we obviously haven't seen yet, but that's why I wanted to know, because that left another, I have been, just so you know, the backstory, mm-hmm. I have been very defensive of Raina through the whole thing. My family's diverse. And so I understood from the aspect that if she didn't want to deal with Heather from that point on, I feel like I got that. I understood why, even though it wasn't said to her directly as a pejorative, there was a little bit of comfortability in Heather using it that rankled me a little bit. And I could be wrong about that. No, I'll be 100% honest. Yes, she Mm -hmm. was way too damn comfortable. And that gives me a lot of flags. Right. And Raina is in the right on all this, but the approach, uh, the way she chose right. to go about it. Was, and, and that's was where I fell off. I have been up until last week. I mean, we did a podcast and I have been defending Raina. Like I just saying, I get it. I understand why she wouldn't want to connect with this person. You can work with someone and be civil to someone, but not have to be buddy, buddy friends. And I didn't have a problem 
with her until last night when she turned on you. And then I was just like, now wait, now you've gone to, well, I have to say once she said that she kind of looks like she's going to try and napalm below deck in general. And to me, yeah, that's what I said. She, she's not trying to burn a bridge. She's trying to napalm the whole town. Right. Like and she's and, and off, like off show, she's trying to take down everybody from the producers to Lee and Eddie. And I guess that's a big question that I have too for you, Wes, is from your perspective, do you think that your superiors handled this correctly? Because I don't. I feel like there might have been some serious production manipulation if they had gone to Eddie and said, don't tell Lee just yet. Let's see if you can work this out first. And that's why he stopped himself from telling Lee right away. But in a real yachting situation, he should have gone to Lee immediately because it involves an entirely different department. In a real yachting situation, it's the same demographic of people working on a boat that have never dealt with being biracial or a person of color on a boat. So would, like, I've worked on boats where the first mate says racist things to me or microaggressions, and I've never, that's my superior. Who am I supposed to go to? So I think that's a good Eddie, point. Eddie handled it quite accurately as it would be handled on a regular yacht. But for the sake of the show, if, if production didn't want it being dragged on, they could have stepped in and said, hey, Eddie, go tell Lee, see what Lee has to say about it, and go from there, you know? So well, that's what I'm saying. From the perspective of somebody that was on the boat, though, did you see that playing out, or were you oblivious to what they were trying to do anyway? No, you know what I mean. Because that's a big part of her argument is that people were the production was trying to shut this conversation down so that it didn't go any further than it already had. I don't think they were 100 trying to shut it down. I do believe that it was more of a they didn't understand the gravity of how that would affect Raina in her work and how it could affect right. the rest of the boat yeah. and everybody's work. 100%. And then when they saw that, they had no other option but to run with it. Did it affect you? Did yeah. it affect the oh, mood yeah. for you on the boat? It carried yeah. over everywhere. It made it okay. super awkward. It made it extremely okay. awkward because uh, any job I've ever been in and the reality of it is people see color. Mm-hmm. I always like to make sure that the quality of somebody's work, they see me as a person and they can speak freely and not have to bite their tongue because of my color or let's say because of my sex, like because of anything, they see me, how I work around guests, see how I work around the boat and be able to do the job that is required and do it in a good way, in a very professional mm-hmm. way. And I believe Raina did all of that in a professional way. She did the hell out of that boat. She did a great job. I was very comfortable. If, uh, so you'll see while we put up the slides, she's the one giving the orders. Like she's doing a great mm-hmm. job with that. And she was thriving in it. But when it got personal and then it was affecting the relationship of the crew, it's just something that a lot of people, if they're new into, and Adrian knows I've been a captain for a while and I've worked with crew before. And I've taken guests out that have 49 passengers. I put people in the water with 49 people in the water. I've done this for a very, very long time. And how mm-hmm. the morale works on the boat can make and break a charter. Because if your crew is having an off day and they're not getting along, guests are going to pick up on that shit very quickly and very easily. And it will affect, right. not to say everything's about money, but let's be real. It affects the tip. And when it affects your mm-hmm. money, 
then there becomes an issue. So you want to make sure it's smoothed over and you don't have to deal with that on charter and deal with it out of charter. But if you can flick that switch, it's a very hard thing to ask of people, but it's one of those understood things that even if, so we've all been hung over and like try to do a job and it's the most struggle ever, but if you can flip the switch <laughs> and mm -hmm. make it work, they don't see it. And that's the point. And I want to talk about Eddie because I think that he had so much on his table with learning a new position and still mm -hmm. thinking of himself as debt because he was that much on deck because Jake was the lead deck hand, but still that was his first time at that position. So he's working through his own leadership skills as well. Right. And me personally, I don't know anything about yachts. So I was not the right fit, but I can delegate crew and working with people and make it smooth over very well, as long as you have that title behind your person as well to make sure people listen. Mm -hmm. He had a lot on his table and he's worrying about his job. He's worrying about Lee and he's also trying to worry about the deck crew and then interior. It's just a lot for him as well. And a whole camera crew and oh, a yeah. production team yeah. and everything else. Yeah. There's and that's a, a thing with being a returning cast member. You have a whole different insight than the people who are doing it for the first time because he knows if something he said has been Frankenstein yep. Yep. into a context that it was never in. Or he knows that nothing ends up being secret and it ends up coming out eventually. So I would think that his mind was going in many directions at the time, more so than people who hadn't been through the production process before. I wish we had a little bit of a, we could be able to have a conversation and sit down in a very good general sense because Eddie, Heather, anybody that hasn't shared the same struggles, you really don't fully understand, but that right. doesn't mean you're not receptive to it. You're not willing to listen. You're not willing to learn and be a better person because that's what life's about is growing, being better. And I believe Eddie was willing it just never happened. Right. But not because of Eddie. And it wasn't because, yeah, it wasn't because of Eddie. Yeah. I would agree with everything you just said. 100%. I've been in this situation. So like you, Jen, the whole season, I was like rooting for you now. Not only because I thought she was the right, but because I identify with black women on television mm -hmm. and being in a white space. I 100% know the feeling. I've done it before yachting. It was hospitality, bartending, waitressing. I've done it all. Right. I was really rooting for her, same as I was with Lexi, but until they do something where I'm like, no, 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 no. That's right. not the way to go about it. Now, like, you're too, like you don't understand the gravity of what you're doing or saying. And, and last night watching the episode with Wes in his hometown with all his friends, it was really hard to see the disrespect. Yeah, that, I can imagine. You know, I felt really bad because now I know Wes. I work for Wes. He's an amazing person, amazing teacher. I've met his parents. Like, they're good people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I yeah. was like, of all people, Wes mm -hmm. is the least deserving of this treatment. And especially, I don't want to say black folks fighting on TV at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, hold it, hold it for off camera. DM someone. Text them. WhatsApp them. I don't care. But that was so, being biracial as well. I just, and there's not enough biracial representation on TV as it is. Mm -hmm. For someone to come for him like that, I was like, it could have been any biracial person. I would have felt the same way. I was 
I just felt like it was unacceptable and not okay and not nice. Just mean, just straight up mean. Right. Yeah. That's how I took it too, because with, and I was telling Adrian this before you guys signed on with my nieces, Yeah. if they walk in somewhere, people are going to say that they're black. They're not going to break down their heritage. Yeah. Like what percentage <laughs> white are they? What percentage black are they're not going to do that. No, they're not. And that's another thing is that like, I spoke to my mom today. My mom is black and she was like, oh my God, the episode last night, like Raina, that was not cool. And I was like, I know. And my mom was even like, oh, I feel so bad for Wes. Like he didn't deserve that. It's like obvious Wes doesn't deserve it. But also my mom said one thing that resonated with me the most. She said, biracial children deal with this their entire lives. Mm -hmm. You're not black enough. You're not white enough. You're not Latino enough. It's like, constant and now we're in our 30s are we still doing this right yeah it's just it's just living in the past the duality of being both american and black but now we have to deal with the fact that you come from both sides Mm -hmm. we are what america has led to you know Mm -hmm. it's it's acceptable now to have biracial kids and the 60s it was rare my parents are both they come from the time before segregation. My dad's born in 49, my mom's born in 60. Like they grew up with that stuff. And the fact that they rose above it and formed a relationship, had a child, married, all that good stuff. And mm-hmm. fought through all of the, yeah. all of the stigmas yeah. and all of the racism like to get us here. And we have, now we're being rejected by our own people. That is really hurtful. And when Raina said, you're not even black to us, I was hurt because I was triggered from my past of people telling me the same thing. And I Mm -hmm. thought we were past it. Yeah. You know? And that's a problem because I don't think we ever get completely past anything. I think most people grow out of it, but you're always going to have that fringe of the population who just shuns growth. No, which is wonderful. Right. If I could say one thing, sure. let this be an example. I know it's been race targeted, but this goes across all boards. Um, I mentioned this on the reunion, so you guys will have to watch it. Oh, we will. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> <laughs> but this is not just black and white. You have every nationality that are in board yachts, and it's not just with yachts. You have different sexual preferences different sexes like if we can all come from a place of empathy and understand that do not let what the other person is affect the quality of their work and the quality of their character you are exactly or the way you respect them you should be able to do the job and do whatever is required and to understand that just because they said this in any any um good or bad way if that person is coming from a place of malicious attitude like malicious way of talking to one another that's not healthy and right. it just happened to be that it was towards me it could have right. been towards Fraser it could have been towards Jake yeah. um, it could have been towards Rachel it could have been mm-hmm. towards Captain Lee like all of that they fall into a category mm-hmm. Lee's 70 something mm-hmm. Rachel's a female chef, which I don't know too much because it wasn't until I went up to Newport that I found that sailing was a male dominant industry. All the women that I learned underneath, like, except for my dad, were all badass captains. Like, 
it was a mystery to me until I got up to the New England area. Sexual preference, Fraser is one of the best stews that I've seen and been able to work for. He's such a good worker. Like if as long as none of that gets in the way of what the goal is, we can all get along very well. As if I thought I couldn't love you more. And there Aww. you go. <laughs> there you go. We appreciate you guys doing this so much. And we'd love to talk to you again when we've got more time, but we know that you've got a sailboat to run. And Gabby, I congratulate you on not dropping a single F-bomb through the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> so for all of you that had to listen to me a month ago. Do not you- apologize. I was screwing with uh, you. You know I'm better. Sorry your ears are so sensitive. <laughs> okay that's good all right that's my girl that's my girl all right I love you so much thank you guys for doing this we really appreciate it enjoy that St. Thomas weather send some of it to Ohio if you can I would appreciate I it you very guys are cold up there. Oh, we're no. about to, it's 50 today and we are about to get a storm that's going to take it down below zero in two days this is oh, Ohio good. life it's insane yeah, yeah. That sounds like you need a vacation. You need to come to St. Thomas and sail with me and Gabby. Oh my gosh. I would love that. That's my heaven. There you go. Book a ticket right now. (laughs) I'm very much hoping to get down to visit you guys pretty soon. So get ready. Yeah. Adrian. I'm going to book a plane ticket soon. When you're here. Yeah. 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 I would love to come down and see you guys. That'd be anywhere in the Caribbean. We will most definitely post a link to Wes's charter business. So you guys can all check that out. The website will be up on Monday. Okay, cool. Okay. So as, as soon as we have that available, we'll put it up. Okay. Hey, I love you girls. I love you back. Even though you're a brat who doesn't tell me secrets, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. You know. Thank you again, guys. And you take care and we will talk to you soon. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Cast off me, hearties.